today in the news, a research paper popped up in my feed. Uh, I promise it's more interesting than the title, but it's called Origins of Online Political Hostility, a Cross-National Test of the Psychological Mismatch Hypothesis. <sighs> Say that three times fast. Uh, but I, again, I promise it's, it's more interesting than the, the title might lead on. There's a big thread here I'm going to go through with you very quickly. Um, let's see. We use representative surveys from the U.S. and Denmark to document that people at large do indeed perceive online environments as more hostile than offline. And I think we all kind of naturally feel this way. But what's interesting is the if you were to ask any one of us, why do you think that's the case? It turns out many of those answers we might provide are wrong. So they tested three uh, three options. Do online environments induce hostility because nice people are less able to regulate their emotions online? I would think, yes, that's got to be it. No, the data says no. People who report that they are hostile online also report being hostile offline. All right, here's the next one. Are online environments hostile because the setting is attractive to those predisposed for hostility? Again, I would think, yes, obviously. But no, the answer is no. Hostile people talk about politics whenever they can. However, non-hostile individuals do opt out of online debates. Okay, and here's the third one. Do people misinterpret benign intentions as hostile in online debates? I would absolutely think yes. We're always misinterpreting each other. But again, the data says no. When asked about own experiences, conflicts online and offline are perceived as equally severe. So what then explains the hostility gap? And I'm, I'm continuing this thread, by the way. This is all, quote, rather than psychological mismatches, the gap seems to reflect that the public nature of online discussions exposes people to way more hostile attacks directed against strangers. Finally, last thing, online hostility is not an accident, but a deliberate strategy pursued by predisposed people. While many might not fall victim to their attacks, these are nonetheless public shaping overall perceptions. So if we break it down, what this ultimately means, what this ultimately translates to is a small percentage of incredibly aggressive and hostile people ruin it for the rest of us, or they can create um, significant ripples across a community or a discussion. Now, this paper is in reference to, back to me, by the way, this paper is in reference to um, political hostility, but I think it's just about across the board for any community. This is why if you apply uh, the thinking to the programming community, what people often say is toxic or or rude or hostile, is it actually? Because when I think about it, 95 made up number there, but most of my interactions are pleasant and friendly. It's a tiny percentage that makes me feel as if the community is a little gross. It's a very small number of people to the point that maybe if you hit the mute button nine or 10 times, would that hostility disappear entirely? And I think what you might find is the answer is yes. Have you ever noticed, um, I'm mostly part of the PHP community, but I hear the same thing is true in most of them. I hear, I hear about a lot of issues in the JavaScript community too. Uh, and again, I think people apply that to the link as if it was a reflection of the language itself. Like there is something specific about JavaScript that attracts these people, or there's something unique to PHP. No, there's something unique to really big communities, and it has nothing to do with programming. That just happens to be the one you and I are in, so we notice it. But if we uh, enjoyed knitting, there's a whole world of drama in that community as well. Believe it or not, that ends up 
uh, being the case, because we're dealing with people here. And regardless what the topic of the community is, when you're dealing with people, there's always going to be a small set of individuals who ruin it for the rest of us. And this is why, even as little children, our parents or our grandparents taught us one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. It's the same thing. We've known this for a very, very long time, but uh, we forget it. So yeah, maybe consider hitting the mute button a handful of times. But then that brings up another question. Is it beneficial or is it good for you to mute people you don't like? And I think the answer is you have to be, um, and this is important, you have to be honest about why you're doing it. If it's simply a case of this person thinks differently than me and I don't like their thoughts, that's not a good reason to mute a person. You should want to surround yourself with people who think differently. Because everyone thinking the exact same thing isn't good. It's not good for you. But it's a very different story when the interaction takes on a more mean-spirited tone. And you pick up on this instantly. It's, it's one thing to say, here's what I think. And then somebody says, eh, I disagree. I have a very different viewpoint uh, on that issue. And that's great. You're friends. You disagree. You're both learning from each other. But so often you will say, here's what I think. And the other person says... That's not only wrong, but it also shows that you're a horrible person, right? It immediately takes on this mean-spirited, sinister tone, and nobody has time for that. In those cases, I'd hit that mute button immediately, because nothing good is ever going to come from that interaction. And from my experiences, when you encounter people like that, they, they, are, they are placeholders for ideology. And it doesn't matter what you say, they're going to give you the the predefined response, almost to the point that you can predict exactly what they're going to say, or to the point that you could swap them out with somebody else, and you're going to hear the exact same words. I just, I don't think that's beneficial. I don't think that's productive uh, or useful. But in every other case, as long as on both ends of the, the equation of the conversation, you're assuming goodwill, then I, I can't see a situation where you should ever mute somebody. And the danger is you, if you do, uh, maybe somebody says something that you you disagree with, and for whatever reason, it hurts mentally. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, if you mute them, you may end up in a situation where you're creating this ideological bubble, where you block out everything that doesn't perfectly line up with this this worldview that you've created, and that's not good. And what's really bad is it's our natural instinct. We all seek out confirmation bias. We're we're more li- or, or in other words, we're more likely to respond favorably to um, comments or articles or papers that back up what we already want to believe, while at the same time locking out or discrediting or assigning ill intent to anything that presents the opposite. And on that note, a fun little aside, a long time ago, I was listening to a conference talk from Jonathan Haidt, who incidentally is the person who linked to the research paper we've been talking about. Uh, But anyways, uh, it's been a long time. It's a little vague in my head, but it's something like this. Uh, they did a study where they told a group of people that coffee causes cancer. And they asked them, and this is where I'm a little blurry, they asked them to respond or to confirm or verify the validity or research it, something like that. It doesn't really matter. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, among those people, which group do you think were most hostile and poked the most holes in this idea that coffee causes cancer? And of course, the answer is coffee drinkers. So when coffee drinkers were presented with this new finding, quote unquote, that it causes cancer, 
they were far and away the least willing to accept that data. Kind of funny, isn't it? But anyways, we can't even help it. You, you naturally gravitate in that direction. You really have to fight um, from falling from falling into that pit because I don't know why, but but that cognitive dissonance, be being exposed to things that don't line up with with your set of views, it hurts. It's the weirdest thing. I'm sure there's countless writings about this, but when you are exposed to ideas that very much um, question some of your core beliefs, it's like a, a mental aggression that, that you don't want to let in. Because if you do, you'll have to reevaluate this, this, and that. And you don't want to reevaluate those because those are set in stone. Those define who you are. So we naturally block out those other ideas. And I worry that when social media is, is so often the place where you check the pulse of your community or where you gather your news, if you're blocking out everything that doesn't perfectly line up with what you think, you're in big trouble. And surely it's going to have massive consequences for the country. We already see that in the United States. Um, liberals are more likely to live near liberals. Conservatives are more likely to live near conservatives. Uh, for example, if you, if you live in, if you're a conservative in Texas, what are the chances that you're going to move to Portland if you have your choice? Probably not very high. And the same is true in reverse. And it really is scary when you think about it. How, how is this going to play out over the next 30 years if people keep growing further and further apart? And there is no, there is no common um, guideline that we all follow. It's a little bit scary, but you know what? That's way, that's way beyond uh, what I wanted to talk about. Mostly I wanted to focus on uh, this research paper and how it sort of applies to the programming community and what I pick up. But yeah, consider it. If, if for whatever reason you, you pick up on hostility and negativity in your community, um, for example, I was reading the other day about all of this drama in the React community, and it all seems like it's based on something that one person didn't even intend to signal, but people interpreted a different. It's like, oh my goodness, who who has time to deal with so much drama? But it it plays out because it's this weird entertainment thing. It's this weird gathering or collecting points by by calling out other people. Ah, it's really gross. But yeah, maybe if you hit mute a handful of times, it might go away entirely. So 